Hey everyone, on weekends we do long form audio from one of my conversations with people. And a few months ago, I published an article on why technical community building is the hottest new job in tech. And it got a lot of traction. In fact, some of the other weekend drops on this podcast are related to that <laughs> podcast. But I was invited by the GitHub office of the CTO to talk about it. These are two people that I knew from prior engagements before. Idan Gazit, I actually met at the Heroku conference when I spoke about Netlify CLI and Netlify Dev. And then Brian Dougie, B Dougie, was the dev advocate at Netlify before any of us were dev advocates at Netlify. So he kind of pioneered and originated the role which I stepped into. And both of them are just very well attuned to dev community. So I thought we would have a really good conversation uh, about it. So the first part of this talk basically is me presenting a few slides on the my thoughts on dev community. And then it was just a freeform discussion between myself and these two experts at GitHub. So enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Octo Speaker Series. My name is Idan and I'm with GitHub's Office of the CTO. We look at the future of development and developer experiences and try to figure out how to make development faster, safer, easier, more accessible to more people in more situations, all at Fine Jazz. Today, we're trying something a little different. Our guest is GitHub star Sean Wang, better known by his internet handle, Swix. And we'll also be joined by Brian Douglas, AKA B Dougie, who is a developer advocate and educator, my colleague here at GitHub. So excited for that. I first met Swix at a conference in the before times, before the corona, almost two years ago when uh, he was giving a talk about state machines for building CLIs. I knew of him in the context of his famous learning in public essay. And the talk that he gave was a fantastic demonstration of that, diving into an area where he had relatively little expertise and making sense of that territory and jumping back out to explain it to the rest of us. After his talk, he confessed to me that he, he's actually a refugee from programming Excel for finance. And I think coming out of that background, Swix excels at finding that place of empathy for developers in the middle of the unglamorous, the, the hard parts of development, the parts that we don't like to show off to one another because they don't make us look smart. They don't make us look, look cool. His work normalizes the feeling of I'm stupid right now, which is very much a part of every developer journey and with which I identify very, very much. I think that's what makes his thoughts on community building so relatable and so topical. Developer-facing businesses have to find a way to channel empathy into action, and Swix is figuring that out in all of its messiness in public for us to see and learn from. And in fact, the reason I reached out to invite him onto the show is this recent post that he he wrote called Technical Community Builders and looking critically at, at how that's different from the way DevRel is done today. And I think this is a very interesting take on the future of, of, of this business function for developer-facing businesses. Okay, so before I bring him on, I'll remind everybody that we have a code of conduct. It's really important to me that chat is a place where everyone feels welcome, so please make sure to make that possible. And without further ado, I would like to welcome Swix and B Dougie. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. 
Uh, Swix, you're you're out in Singapore, and it's like the middle of your night. Thank you so much for 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 coming and 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 joining us for 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 this talk. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I work <laughs> Pacific hours, Pacific time anyway. So this is, I guess, the start of my day. <laughs> okay. Well, good morning to you then, Dougie. How you doing? I'm doing perfectly fine. Uh, enjoying yeah. my normal time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> the, nor the, the the morning that includes the day star. Fantastic. Swix, you said that you wanted to give a, a little bit of a, an upfront uh, mini talk about uh, this before we dive into the discussion. Why don't I bring you on? There we go. Okay. So yeah. like enlighten us. I can't, I can't actually see the screen because I, I just have my slides full screen. So just pause me if there's anything. I just wanted to, I guess, set some context for people who may not have read the post, you know, I think you and I and, and Dougie, like we, we've all talked about community for a bit. So we may have more context than others. And so I just wanted to, you know, whip up a few slides just to set some context. And then we can actually talk because I'm very uh, inspired by what GitHub does. And, and I'm definitely learning a lot from what, you know, you guys do for, for community. Okay, so <laughs> why invest in developer community? A, a little bit, I, I feel like this is a bit obvious, but but the reason I write, I, like I would normally never write something like this because it just seems obvious. But the reason I write about it is I do a lot of conversations with startups and sometimes for investing, sometimes just to give DevRel advice, sometimes, you know, marketing or whatever other network I can offer to startups. I, I, I often do that. But in, in the past week or so, like at least at, when I wrote that blog post, in one week, I had three conversations that all ended in, can you help us find somebody to build developer community? And I was like, okay, this is, this is not just like one-off thing. This is a trend that a lot of startup founders are feeling. And there's no one really dedicated to it. There, there are people, of course, but it, it's not like a, an industry trend yet. So I decided to write a blog post about that. And that's that's why I guess we're here today to talk about what's going on, why, why community is becoming more of a thing. It, it always has been a thing, but it's becoming more of a thing and maybe professionalizing as well. So a bit of context about me. I think Idan already <laughs> introduced me quite a bit. I did change careers at age 30, but I definitely owe a lot of my career change and learning to code to community, right? I joined the Free Code Camp community. The Coding Blocks Slack group and podcast was also a very big part of companionship through the journey of learning to code, which was a very rough one, even for me. And and then, of course, I, I also did a bootcamp, which is a paid community, but uh, some one that's very, very focused on getting you hired. And that got me into Two Sigma, Netlify, AWS, and now I work at Temporal. I think what I'm better known for maybe in the community space is is my volunteer work in this React subreddit, where I helped to grow the subreddit from 40,000 developers to over 220,000 before I stepped down. I stepped down to basically because I started moving my interests to another front-end framework, Svelte. And I started that from zero to now it's like eight eight to 9,000 people. And I also run a paid community for learning in public. So I wrote a book, uh, people liked the book, and then we ch chat about career-related stuff in, in our Discord and in our circle community. So that's my community credentials, I guess I should uh, preface that. I guess I'm also, I had to put this here because uh, GitHub at GitHub Universe did this uh, really cool Octocat thing here. So I just redid my profile as a GitHub Octocat, which is really fun. And I, I did, I, I am was uh, pretty honored to be invited as a GitHub star, which I think is a way that GitHub recognizes community members as well, which uh, we can also talk about. Like, how do you recognize and promote and, you know, I, I guess 
your 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 super fans and <laughs> and what does that really do for you? Okay, so I'll just I'll just re- blast through a few points and then we can we can set it up for whatever you guys want to talk about. So to me, I I think the the main articulation that I want to have is like community is increasingly the moat of a lot of developer companies. So developers have always self-organized communities like IRC and BBSs, but now companies, entire companies have communities where that's their entire moat. Like GitHub is essentially Git uh, plus a social network. And it's really like anyone can offer Git, you know, but it, 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 it's, it's a very, it's a very hard proposition to, to replace a social network. And, and you find that the same for Stack Overflow as a question and answer site. Anyone can build that, but you cannot build the community. And <laughs> same for Hacker News. So it's, it seems like it's very, you know, a, a very key moat. Uh, and you would think that a lot more companies should be focused on that, but it doesn't seem so at least in, in terms of hiring, when you look at job titles and stuff like that, they're more focused on like content creation and marketing, not so much community. And I think that's changing right now. And that's why I write about it. So that's the real question. Like whose job is it anyway? There are community managers, but typically and we, we had one in LFI. They're typically focused on grooming the forums um, and social media, like make, maybe making inoffensive posts or whatever. They, they can do it. They're capable of a lot more. These, these are just stereotypical tasks that are assigned to community managers. And then developer advocates have a bit of community as well. They do a lot of content and outreach to other communities. So it's not so much forming your own community rather than um, let's how do we reach out and, and present and be a part and meet uh, developers where they are rather than draw people to us, which there is a lot of as well, but they, they maybe don't have a, as much of a focus on sticking around and making interrelationships. Customer success is support, documentation, solutions, engineering. All, all these are, you know, community of people who pay you and marketing, mailing lists, webinars, conferences. These are all, you know, isolated communities of people who don't yet pay you, but could pay you. And then I think there's also, you know, apart from function, functional split, there's also org chart split. And I do find that a lot of people who are directly responsible for community are at the lower rungs of the of the org chart rather than at the at the upper rung. So it's pretty weird um, that it's just splintered all over the place. It's not really organized. Not, doesn't seem like the organizational priority in in a lot of the companies that I've seen. So. The, the, the main realization for me is that com- community is basically part of the product. And in fact, in a lot of companies, it is the main part of the product, but it's under-resourced compared to product or engineering. And I think something that is key is like, maybe we should not call it just community management, even though that's a default title. So I, I offered a few suggestions like community developer or community Tumblr. Tumblr is a word from, I guess, the circus. I, I, I took it from an Alex Hillman post, blog post, but essentially a Tumblr is someone who gets conversations going and, and then pieces out. So a lot of times community manager does a lot of the, the heavy lifting, um, but you need to, in order for a functional community to, to form into something that has many to many interactions instead of one to many, you, you need to get, so you need to have someone to create events where people feel safe and, and, and inspired and motivated to, to share and, and to help each other out. My preferred term right now is technical community builder because it's very similar to technical product manager, which is an actual job title at Microsoft and Amazon and a bunch of other places. And it has an emphasis on technical. And the and there's a question of like, must they be technical? Of course not. Uh, of course, you can have very, very good community builders and community managers who are not technical at all. But I think people who are technical have this extra dimension, which they can really empathize with developers on and connect people, solve their, solve their problems right away. Um, basically just, 
you know, be one of be one of them. Like when you when you talk to someone who fundamentally empathizes with your problems as a developer, you share more and you you have、um, deeper discussions. And and then the other question is why must the title be different? I posit that it's very similar to to the once in a lifetime upgrade in status, impact, authority, and career prospects for ops professional when the DevOps movement got started. Like DevOps used to not be a thing. Now it's a very highly in demand thing, and that's because. It was a rebrand of existing skills that were, that that were around, but you know,、uh, repackaged with with new technology and, and a new focus in in a lot of organizations that they that they realize that they need to invest in it. So I think a similar movement needs to happen, and you you can't really rebrand something by calling it the same exact name. So th- so that's why that's why there's an opportunity to rebrand、uh, this discipline here. Okay, I'm very influenced by. This model from Comsor, which is which is essentially the opposite of what I showed you earlier, where community used to be at the fringe and you used to have all these other other things in control of community, and here and and the community led model kind of inverts that, where community is at the core of everything, and from your insights from community and building relationships, you you spin out marketing, you spin out products, you spin out sales, and and so on and so forth, and I think it's very interesting migration from periphery to core, which I've. Been told actually is the same thing that's happening to data science. Data science, at least in in the com- in the companies that I've、uh, worked with, used to be a fringe thing where like it's a bunch of、uh, geeks, you know, messing around with their <laughs> with their analytics. To like now, it actually is part of the the reporting process that generates a lot of product and sales and marketing insights. And I think I think community can can do that with humans, and not not less 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 data, but you can you can have a lot of data with with it as well. So the question is why invest in it? And really, I think my my fundamental assertion is that traditional marketing and support isn't cutting it. This is the traditional idea. Of marketing and, and sales funnel, you have awareness, evaluation, and conversion. And we, as developer relations people, definitely biased towards、uh, awareness for better or worse. But I think it, it is only one part of the picture, and it's very transactional, right? It, you start at the top, and then you, you you come out at the bottom as a as a salesperson, and then and then you're they're done with you. I wash my hands off you, and I and and you're handed off to someone else. The the problems here are a few fewfold, right? Like marketing. Especially in developer marketing, has extremely long cycles. In traditional digital marketing, you need to touch. You know, the the, the traditional advice is that someone needs to hear about you six to seven times before they even check you out. For me, I know a lot of technologies. I ignore them for a year just to see if they stick around, and if they're still relevant after a year, then I check them out. So try to do marketing attribution on that. Impossible. So very, very difficult, and and not within any com- performance evaluation timeframe. And then also, what happens after I convert? Right? What happens after I come out of the funnel? Do I feel supported there? Do I do I grow and succeed and and all that? So the solution is to change from mostly transactional finite games to relationship based infinite games. And this is the bigger picture that I see. There's marketing and sales going on here, but then you it exists within a broader scope of community that kind of catches all. The other stuff that isn't really handled by marketing and sales. We actually has loaded up the orbit model, which we can. Which I'm sure we're going to talk about. So instead of the funnel, which is a very linear approach, the orbit model, like, kind of is is an or.、Uh, So it characterizes the people around your company as、uh, people orbiting your company, and they may be in wider orbits or they may be in closer orbits. Sometimes they may drop out. Sometimes they may come back in.、Uh, it's a very infinite. Relationship model, where they're just constantly orbiting, and you're just trying to draw them closer with、uh, more and more gravity towards your your software or, or your community. The reason I think 
it's important for startups in particular is that it's a very big part of crossing the chasm because there's a small set of people who actually pick technologies based on pure technical merit. And there's a large set of people who pick technologies partially on merit, partially because there's a strong ecosystem. And there's a very, very big, steep gap in between them. And people who can help companies cross this gap can deliver a lot of value for, for the companies involved. And, and that's, a, that's a really core insight, I think. Okay, there's even more reasons in my blog post. I don't have time to <laughs> go into all of these, but uh, we can talk about them in a discussion. I don't want this to be a lecture. And I will refer, and I have a last part on, on why now, uh, and I'll send people to the, the blog post if they want to see it. But that's my short little primer for my thoughts on community. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that was a solid that was a solid introduction. One one thing that really strikes me about what you're calling out here is that I can't I can't highlight another area where there's a business motion that's so central to success which is which is so undefined. Like you think about most most functions in a business like marketing or engineering or product and if if I took, you know, 10 random people and asked them, you know, what does this job entail? What does success look like and and how does it contribute to the success of the overall business and i'll get 10 answers that are more or less the same and here i think what's what's special and maybe is in in, in, a, in a difficult sense is that i don't think that if i ask 10 people like you know what's the purpose of this business function what does success look like what does the job entail what level of talent do we need to hire in order to accomplish this well even you know things as boring as like you say sort of like you know where on the totem pole, like, you know, who, who does, who's responsible for this and who do they report to that level of, of definition? I don't think I'm going to get 10 answers that are mostly the same. I think I'm going to get 10 wildly different answers that, that don't resemble one another. If I could add to as well, this is something that's come up really recently for me because I, I shipped a YouTube video yesterday focused on like what the future of DevRel looks like. So think about community and how that sort of changed even in us being all remote. There's no real like structure. I think the everything, everybody can do something to move the needle, but I think the folks who are doing really good jobs is when you look at that, that model of the orbit, the folks, as you bring more and more people closer to the nucleus, they stick around longer. And I think one thing that Swix and I had in common is that, well, a couple of things we had in common, like I was part of that React sub, subreddit as well. Uh, we also spent time at Netlify. So like I've saw a lot of the same stuff that Swix has saw and what he, I, I agree with everything that he said too as well. And the things that I think I saw successful at Netlify is that we had a of folks who were just really excited about the product and we found ways to bring them closer to the, the, the inner circle to the point where there are Netlify employees who now... Who, who came from that community. So when you think of like recruiting or not just actually using the product, but if you're looking for your next advocate, it should come from the community that's already existent. Yeah, I, I, one of the points that I made um, was that if hiring is your biggest problem, just like 99% of other startups or companies in general, it doesn't have to be startups, then building a strong community helps you source very a much higher quality of employee than you know just picking any random <laughs> developer off the street. I mean, yeah, like there's, there's in the post, you, you actually highlight that there's this sort of a litany of, of, of benefits. And I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I, I remember as I was reading through the post, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that there was a lot more there than I expected. You know, like I expected going into it, it's just like, well, what benefits am I going to see from, from doing this well? Well, you know, I'll do a better job at outreach. I'll do a better job at 
uptake of my product. But, you know, I hadn't thought of the hiring angle, even though that's, you know, it's plain right there in front of us. You know, if you build a strong community, you have uh, a very like high quality pool in which to, to fish for 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 standout employees that it's a source of of not exactly f- free marketing but you know it's like y- you have a chance of growing a class of evangelist people that are going to go out and spread the word about about what whatever it is that you're doing I, i've even sorry go ahead. I, i've even gone one step further so i took the hiring thing to the extreme so the company the startup that i work at right now temporal uh, we actually started listing jobs for our customers so that we can help them hire based on based on through us so <laughs> so like okay if you don't work for us but just come work at one of the one of company one of the customer companies and it's just like like we win if they win you know what i mean and and it's and you can just take this to an extreme level where you just start becoming a de facto recruiting agent really good but i do i do think that like you know if you do a really good job community actually your the the person's membership in the, in your community actually outlives their present employer and that that's a really strong community that's like okay i'm 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 first and foremost a member of your developer community then secondarily i just happen to be at this company right now but you know i, I do I, I do have my primary network within within your community that's a really strong one and i guess can i add actually get some clarification too from you swix when you talk about these terms like devops who like everybody knows what devops is now it wasn't an unknown thing you know 10 plus years ago but when you build a community like what are some sort of like ways you can avoid those pitfalls cuz i know Every time I go to an event and I join a, a random Slack channel for just that event, like I leave that Slack channel as it, as soon as it's done. So like, I'm curious what your your, your thoughts are as far as building community from scratch. Uh, wait, are you saying that this is a problem with DevOps, or are you just? Oh, saying sorry, I, I use DevOps because DevOps is a very clear term. There's already established community, but okay. if I started BDuggy conference um, <laughs> and wanted to everybody join the movement, like it's going to be a challenge because it's going to be me and maybe a couple people in chat. Uh, so like, how do I make sure that this is not another community that's become stagnant or stale? Like I want to create the next DevOps. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I think so you and I, of course, we're very informed by our Netlify experience. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we actually started the whole DevRel practice at Netlify. And I, I basically, you know, was one fourth of his job <laughs> after he left anyway. And something that Netlify built, then, which was brilliant, was that they didn't create the Netlify movement. They didn't create the the Netlify conference. They create the Jamstack movement uh, and the Jamstack conference. And 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 I really, I like this idea that you build something that's bigger than yourself. Like you build a movement that other people can involve, get involved with, and see themselves in to the point where they start competing with you. And you have to be okay. if you're so mission driven that you're okay losing because someone did your job better than you. Then you then you've really found something that's worth uh, building a community around because otherwise it's just you're building a cult i guess <laughs> where it's uh, centered around you and and so i i really like that for example i'll give you a concrete example which is at i think our second jamstack conference netlify we invited people from microsoft um competitor in in some ways who did not use netlify at all did not pitch netlify at all but just presented their ideas on jamstack and we invited them as a speaker and had yeah, I mean, I, 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 and I think that we should have more, you know, competitor, competitor companies also visited the conference in, as well. I think we should have more of that. I think it shows a fundamental level of security that you're like, okay, I'm not threatened by you. Or like, I care about this enough that, you know, this is big enough that multiple players can win in this space. That's a real community where, whereas, you know, a lot of other times you're, you're just running it 
to as a feeder service into 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 your marketing funnel. Yeah, I like the the thought about building a community that's bigger than yourself. And I think like speaking from GitHub's perspective, because I was a longtime user, recently employed at GitHub in the last three years. Not really that recent, but in startup worlds, that's that's kind of that's like forever ago. But what I'm getting at is like the whole Git collaboration, open source protocol. Like I don't, I, I like that GitHub didn't try to strangle it and try to own it completely. There are other competitors that are doing a great job in having collaboration tools around Git, Git uh, just Git in general. And that sort of funnel of new users, community, conferences, Slack rooms, discords, it's been helpful for me in doing my job because there's already established community that I can just go in and not try to take leadership on, but more of like, hey, I want to learn from you as well. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I do think that at some level, there's there's a transition from like, okay, this is bigger than yourself. But then at some point, you're you're big enough that you are a community on your own. And I think, you know, once you're past like 50 million <laughs> developers, you, you can have your own community. That's, that's totally fine. The same thing for like Salesforce and Dreamforce and AWS and reInvent. Like we all, you know, huge companies have their own conferences and that's totally fine. But I think when you're getting things off the ground, it's a totally different story. I think I think you 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 touched on something interesting there about picking you know it's always it's always hard to stay away from like blatant advertising when it comes to like developers like you know who do I work for what is it that they make that's obviously going to be a central part of the discussion if you know I'm representing you know company x or y uh, but you highlighted that you know for netlify the story was not it was not netlify it was jamstack for github it wasn't a look at GitHub and 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 our specific web app, but the the collaborative nature of open source, specifically powered by decentralized version control. And like you know, the Git is important. The pull requests are important. The rest of the stuff that GitHub brings is important. But it's not that's not the thing that's going to emotionally resonate with with people on its own. Not unless you have such a you know, so much of a better product that it's like, oh my God, people are wowed by just the existence of this thing, which is great. If you can pull that off, like more power to you, you know, I think you, you touched on this sort of linear path. Okay. Like you have a story, you tell it and you think about this, this path that, that you want to take people a journey, journey that you want to take people along that starts in marketing territory and ends in sales territory. And then by contrast, you know, coming back to the to the orbit model, one of the sort of assertions you made there is that the orbit model is not, it's not strictly linear, that it has these other dimensions. It has this love dimension, basically like a measure of, of activity and reach as a, as a, as a measure of influence. But when I still look at this, at this model, it's still talking about these sort of concentric rings of, you know, you start at the very outermost orbit, you know, as just an observer and ostensibly you move, move your way into the middle. That still seems like a relatively you know, linear journey to me. Uh, I think it's curious. I you know that they that they put advocates at as the the closest, the innermost ring versus contributors. Because when I think of like where where do I spend the maximum amount of energy? It's in contributing. It's not in advocates. It's really easy for me to advocate. I can advocate React until the the cows come home, and you know all I got to do is write like nice things about React. But contributing to React, that's already like an effortful activity. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, about that that journey. Like, what do you think? Is it is it really about getting people to contribution? Is contribution just a like a left turn on this? Does this make sense to you? I don't know. I'm curious what you think. 
I feel like they've probably written this up. So I'm actually looking up the the, <laughs> the write-up right now because this is probably a better question for Patrick Woods who came up with this model. But I, I agree with you on, in, on principle, at least in the open source context, the people who number of people who contribute are far less than the number of people who advocate for a thing. And maybe that, that should be the inner circle. I, I would say that it's less linear because the, the, the whole point is that you can jump in and out of different orbits depending on your life situation or just whatever projects you're working on. That's totally fine. Uh, it's not considered a failure. Yeah, I don't know if Dougie has any other yeah, thoughts. I do have some thoughts because uh, I, I know Patrick and I know Josh pretty well. And I have been able to rub shoulders with them. So the, the founders of the Orbit model are the Orbit company as well. And uh, I talked to Patrick on his podcast, which is called Developer Love. In episode one, you can hear way more detail of what, what I go into than right now. But the one thing that I had to figure out when I joined GitHub as a developer advocate, and at the time... We had advocates, but no one actually had the title at the time uh, at GitHub. So I was given the reins to do developer relations at GitHub, figure out what that meant. And at that time, I had to figure out also what that meant, but also give a talk at DevRelCon because we had a, a speaking slot. And I, I call myself the Beyonce of GitHub, and I do that tongue-in-cheek, and I joke around about that. But I do that because... like. I don't play I don't play Beyonce's music all day every day like I don't you know I don't know how to play the backing tracks on bass or anything like that. So I'm not really contributing in that sense, but I will tell you about Beyonce and tell you her story. Uh, and I think it's the same thing with open source. Like I made a contribution to Node.js uh, back in November. It was a really painful process. I learned a ton. And my contribution to Node.js was that I write blog posts, I did a contribution on the, the repo. But the difference is when I get on stage and I show you how to write a script in Node and I go around and I share on like why Node is still great despite Deno or Dino and all these sort of Rust uh, compiler times, like I'm still advocating for Node.js. And I think if you can bring more people to the, the sort of inner circle, I think that's, that's always going to be super helpful. And if you have people who are going to be the mouthpiece, I guess what I'm getting at is my job at GitHub is not to be the number one developer advocate in the world. My job is to build more developer advocates. So if you can advocate Git on GitHub on behalf of GitHub and I don't have to be involved, then that's an, an entire automation, automated process. Now, you could argue contributions. I can automate that and like grow and sustain the project. But there are a lot of GitHub projects or sorry, open source projects that have lots of contributions that you've never heard of. So like until someone tells me that exists or I see it on the trending tab, uh, it's going to be a hard of a hard Thing to focus on to guide, try to get more contributors when no one's actually knows about this project. Right. There's, there's definitely, I mean, that, that's definitely like a, like a hurdle to be crossed in terms of just like, you know, where do I even hear about this? I mean, obviously there's, there's, you can think of that as, uh, I'm sure not coming from a marketing background, you know, I'm sure there's entire textbooks about the phase of like, you know, how do I get people to even know that I exist before I like, you know, how do I, I wedge the door open long enough for me to attempt to get across like, and here's why you should care about me. There's a whole phase of, of, of just spreading the word. That's why, that's I why I think, you know, we, I do, I do think that we do need technical community builders, whatever the, you know, whatever we call this thing, they, they, they probably need to be technical because they need to have that technical leadership of like, I authentically went through the same journey that I'm telling you that I'm, you know, hoping that you also go through with me on this. And, and this is something that non-technical community managers cannot do. So it's like a weird thing where uh, you have to hire someone on, who like has a software engineering background or like, is it, you know, pay them like a developer, but then put them on non-technical things, which is community is less technical, right? It, you know, 
I, I don't know. It's it's a weird job. It's it just it's <laughs> there's like the authenticity to it too as well. Like I would not know how to be a developer advocate if I wasn't a developer first. So like I always put myself in the yeah. mindset of like if I had to use this thing and it takes me 12 minutes to get it set up, like I'm probably never going to use it again. So like how can I advocate on the behalf of this product to make this better? And how can I bring that information back to whoever makes decisions at this project, company, maintainer level or whatnot? And it's just like I, I just still think it's one step more than just contributing keeping the lights on. It's more of like, hey, I want to also bring that feedback. How can I improve this? And I think the the, the roles inside the community, I think technical con- community manager is, is a great role because it actually touches all those different pillars and specifically in the orbit over model. I know we're focused on that, but like being able to, you know, turn it on, turn it off and also know how to listen as well are very valuable like attributes that I would love to have on my team at GitHub for sure. And we do have those, by the way. I just just want to set the record. Just to be just to be upfront and clear. So I think I think we're all dancing around a little bit the 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 bigger question of what are the qualities like what are, what does success look like for this role? How does it how has it changed? Like you know, if we if we called the role previously developer relations, and now we're calling it this subtly name around technical community building and sort of the 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 stewardship and the shepherding of of a community. What what's success? How is success different in in this sort of like uh, slightly different like mental model? And and what's different in the day to day? Like you know, if if previously. You know, previously I was doing DevRel and that meant I was doing X, Y, and Z with my days in order to succeed at my job and contribute to the success of the business. What does that look like in this sort of new mental framing of community building as opposed to simply developer relations? Yeah, so I I can give a crack at it and then I'm sure Dougie has has other thoughts. You know, at Amazon, I can tell you directly the, the, the KPIs that we were reporting and were sort of to the outside world, that's that's the only thing that they expect out of us, which is number of views on the content that we produce, right? Very depersonalized. You're just a number to me. Did I get 1,000? Did I get 10,000? Did I get 100,000? I did a better job if it was a bigger number. Great. But there's no relationship there. There's no measurement of quality. Like, was was did they just like glance at the title or did they actually read the whole thing and try out the demo? There, there are different weights for different, you know, actions that people can take. And, and we do try to track that. But it's all a joke. Like it's no, everyone knows that it's a joke. You know, it's a proxy to what we really want, which is people trying you out and seeing if they like you. And, you know, short of standing over their shoulders, you can't really get that. (laughs) Um, So, so I, what I, what I do, what I do like is that Orbit is trying to innovate on that by measuring, you know, what they call love, which is just the intensity of activity, which is the, the same thing, but tracked on a per person basis and, 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 suggest in and that opens up the possibility of like having more of like a crm model which is very much the sales idea of like you know have have an idea of the the customer journey from beginning to end and suggest or automate engagements as they as they come along on the journey which which is less it's just just a lot less transactional like and even at nellify like i was when, when you get to the point of like attaching utm tags to your posts to see the the, the response of of, of uh, your campaigns, that's just you're just marketing. You're, you're not the role. I mean, I mean, and so so I, so I definitely care a lot more about the relationship aspect and how much you can you can cultivate just by understanding the customer journey rather than treating them as uh, sort of 
faceless numbers. Uh, to add to that too as well, like I, I'm all, I'm definitely against trying to look at views and how many people are in the stream right now because I think that's that you you've lost it at that point. But I think what success looks like is the names that I see in this chat right now, I see a lot of familiar names. So how many of those familiar names do I see next time? Because those were my, and I didn't even know this term, tumblers, that you mentioned in your slides, because I've seen this around, but I didn't know what that was. The Party Corgi chat has tumblers, and I didn't know what tumblers were until today. But I, I guess I have an anecdote too as well from Netlify when I was there, and we we were bottom growing, and we had this opportunity to speak, or speak and also attend and have a booth at React Rally. And it would have been super easy to say, hey, can you fill out this form and we'll send you, we'll get your email and then you have a chance to win, you know, this thing at Netlify. And instead my, my approach at that conference, which was like one of the first conferences I ever had any sort of marketing, advertising, whatever. My approach was come to the booth. Uh, we had a Nintendo switch on the, on the booth table. And then we had a bunch of stickers. And the thing was, if you switch to Netlify, which is like, it was a pun really. And then we'll give you a chance to win the switch. And the step was all you had to do is scan a QR code and then click the deploy to Netlify button that was on that that website. Or sorry, it was a GitHub repo. You put click the deploy Netlify button, and then inside the site you deployed from Netlify after 15 to 30 seconds it took. It happened to be a Gatsby site, so we were like on brand for the conference. Then you read the website you just deployed, and the instruction says, click this button to tweet. And if you tweet, that would actually put you in a hashtag, and I had a node server that would then pick a random person. So we did this for three days. We gave away the switch by the second day because we had enough people. I think the conference was like 600, 700, and we had about 325 people who participated. And then after the first day, we knew we engaged the community because the next day, two or three people came and said, hey, I clicked the button and then I saw what you deployed and it was a Gatsby site. And at the time, Gatsby wasn't even 1.0. So like nobody would use Gatsby at that time. And uh, they're like, yeah, I switched my entire blog to Gatsby and it's hosted on Netlify. So then we know, hey, this person's actually super engaged. This is, this is my next advocate. Like I'm going to, whatever you need, I'll give you a sweater, a t-shirt, even if you don't win the switch, like I will engage you and give you everything you need to continue down this, this path. And uh, that was the focus and like for marketing, it looked great, but we didn't have this sort of traditional fill out this web form. It was this click this button, use the product. If you don't want it, or if you want to delete the repo, by all means, GitHub had, at the time, all, GitHub had all, all your information. Like we weren't even collecting your information. So like the goal was just really just try it taking it for a test drive. And then if it works out for you, we have this forum, we have this community, we have GitHub issues, like this jump in where you where you fit in. Yeah, and, and then we also, I think potential enterprise team customers, this was after Brian left, but you know, we also had like a separate process for potential customers to highlight to the sales team where we actually scanned their badges and took down info and basically fed in directly to their CRMs or whatever. And that was pretty good because like we, we were able to capture a lot of really useful detail that gave our salespeople a really good head start. Yeah. And you just don't know who you're, who you're chatting with too as well. Cause that, that story I just shared about being at React Rally, one of the people who walked up and said, Hey, this is actually pretty cool. That person was Max Stoiber. And Max Stoiber, a lot of a lot of people know him. He used to actually work at GitHub for a time. He built a whole product, got acquired by GitHub, and now he's at, at Gatsby as well, coincidentally. But I never met Max. I just knew who he was. I knew of his story. Uh, and then we connected. And like he didn't like he wasn't like the number one Netlify fanboy. I don't, I'm pretty sure he didn't walk away shipping everything to Netlify. But we made that connection. So every time I had a conversation with Max or he remembered me. That was like a nice serendipitous moment of like, oh yeah, we met at that one time that when I did that thing. And like, you just can't put a metric to that of like, what big names do you know that will, like at the time Max was like, he wasn't even a big name, but like, you just, yeah, you just can't quantify that. You can't put a number to that. 
you just have to go with it. it I mean, it probably contributed to the reactive docs being on Nellify as well. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a domino effect, and there's also like a density effect. Like one person using it, all right, cool. Two people, all right, cool. But then like three prominent people, then it's, it starts to become a thing. You know, so I, I like that concentration of like presence, which which also b points to it being more of a community, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think we gave it on like a lot of like numbers. <laughs> We're just like we just talk about people, is, is, which is a very natural thing. Yeah, and That's... the one thing I did want to add to real quick is that the one thing when I joined GitHub, my biggest goal was I spent four years in San Francisco, and I only knew like a handful of GitHub employees. Never I went to the GitHub office. And my goal as a GitHub employee today and a developer advocate is I want to put, be a face to a company that has an Octocat for a face. Like, I want you to know who to reach out to. And if it's me or if it's not me, like, I'll give you the right person. And that's like one of my goals at GitHub to do, to be an advocate for getting you yeah. in the right router. That's, that's interesting. I mean, uh, like, you know, there's a part in, of, of my brain in the background. It's like, you know, like the true win was the friends we made along the way. Exactly. <laughs> it turns out that. It's interesting, though, because the, the, this role that you, you just described, this thing exists. It's called an ombudsman. And if you're familiar with this, I think it comes out of the military. Like, you know, this is like the person that the families at yeah. home are in touch with in order to like, you know, reach their their loved ones that are deployed wherever and have any concerns or whatever. And so the, there's a there, there's a sort of like a name for 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 this role of like, you know, liaison into the company, an actual human that can, you know, step in and maybe not help you solve your problem directly, but at least point you in the right direction, like, you know, attach you to the person that can actually help you uh, move forward. But you're, you're right in saying that there's no, like, you know, these aren't, you haven't really given me like hard metrics. Like, you know, if I'm now going to pitch to a company like, hey, here's what I'm going to do for you. They're going to be like, okay, like, you know, what are, what are the, what are the, OKRs, yeah. what are the KPIs? What 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 is the thing that you're going to be measured on? How do we know the, if what we're doing is succeeding? There, um, there is a company that actually does that, which is Weaver.ai. They call it community qualified leads, uh, and they take a very salesy model to to this direct attribution towards sales and marketing and all that. And so yeah, I mean, once you have the tracking system in place, you can def you can absolutely do that. And if you need to quantify in that way, then absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily feel that strongly because it tends to be then become a fight for whoever is the last touch who gets the most attribution, which makes it a very political thing sometimes between departments and some, yeah, sometimes. I, that's, that sports. sounds like it's going to set up all the wrong incentives inside your company. <laughs> like, you know, it's like when yeah. you're like, you know, at a store and you get mobbed by like, you know, it's like, no, I'm the one who like, you know, did anybody help you today? Well, yeah, it, it's like, so for me, I, I don't know if you guys have played Kerbal Space Program. No, um, only 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 heard of it. <laughs> okay, I'll just give you like the rough intuition. When you when you start off trying to get the rocket from off the ground into into orbit, you're very concerned with all the tiny little mechanics of like what degree tilt you're doing, what what your yaw is and pitch and whatever, and your your velocity and your weight and and the stages that you do. But once you're basically at velocity and and in space, you then only care about your like dv. I, I forget what the 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 calculus is but like you only care about your high level metrics and you don't actually care about the low level stuff because you're 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 beyond that you're you're cruising at a speed where you you should just move the big controls that actually matter and then and leave the leave the minor attributions to to like random noise or like it, it's going to bubble up if it actually becomes and i i think that that's how 
large enough community should be managed. Like as long as as long as your efforts are growing at a at a decent rate, you can trust that it it probably will trickle down to whatever. And you don't really have to be too precise about how exactly you attribute it. Th that's at least my intuition. It's gonna it's gonna bother me now that I don't remember what the it's like DV or <laughs> something like that. Your your, your delta yeah delta V or yeah anyway. I'm sure someone in the chat is yelling at me. I have a question for you guys, if 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 you want to enter, entertain this. So there's a there's a problem in my mind which I haven't resolved, which is this idea of a super user. So at Netlif Netlify, we call them Netlif friends. At GitHub, you call them GitHub stars. Uh, Stripe has Stripe community experts. These are in AWS as AWS community builders. These are basically unpaid super users, which you give some kind of, you know, perks, but they're your external third-party advocates what do you think about them how do you how do you make them effective and and basically everyone is new to this game like github stars program is like a few months old right or maybe a year old yeah since september what's your what's your what's your take on on these kinds of programs like what what is what are what's their role compared to you guys yeah i i could speak on <laughs> Partially behalf of GitHub and something that I've always also put a lot of thought into before I got at GitHub because I was trying to, it's ironic because I was trying to help build what was now in the Netlifrens and but I, I just didn't have time before I left to to actually see that do what it is today. But I had that same thought of like what it's the reason I gave that talk on being the Beyonce of GitHub is because Beyonce has a super fan group and they're called the Beehive. Beehive, yeah. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're as intense of if you go after Beyonce the beehive will show up and and it's not not as that intense but it's like when people came after her after she had the baby like people SNL, will... SNL had a really great skit where there was like someone who admitted that they didn't that they didn't like uh, Beyonce's song and then they just the beehive showed up it was, yes. it was really <laughs> yeah and it's the same thing we saw with the the k-pop stands like oh man, BTS that's a, that's a little like more extreme but like there's a group that will go to bat for you and like my job is to really go go to bat for the hive so to answer your question, like success looks like these are the folks that are creating the courses, writing the books. They're they're on the forefront of creating the YouTube videos when the thing is announced. Like it's the opportunity to give them as much information as they want. So if they want to monetize it, they can. If they want to grow community around it, they can. But it's simply like they're doing a good job and we want to make sure that we're catering to them because you don't, if, if someone's already doing like my job for me, like I'm all for Hey, let's let's have a coffee. Let's let's learn. What are your blockers? How can I unblock you in the future? Or are there any features you're looking to like to, to ship? Like, let me introduce you to the PM, and let me let the PM get your feedback directly. So, like, you just take the company directly to the source of the the growth, and that's that's what I see it as. And I've seen very I've had similar talks to other leaders of these sort of groups, uh, and that's usually what their goal is: is like this help empower folks through the people who are empowering them. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I, I'm like strongly reminded of, there's a post from way back in the, the dinosaur ages about success being a function of, of being able to grow a thousand and that if you can find a way to, to reach that sort of threshold and it's thrown out there, I think in the same sense as I don't remember who coined the, like, you know, mastery comes at 10,000 hours or, or something like that. It's like a order of magnitude. Like when you reach this, this, this tipping point, then that's, that's a signal that like, you know, what you're doing is working. And maybe, maybe this is the, the kind of metric that, that we're looking at. It's not views. It's not posts. It's like, you know, how many, how many engaged super fans are, are we creating? How many people do we have that love the thing that we're doing so much 
that they're going out of there to spread that to more people. And looking at that, the like you say about the Kerbal Space Program, sort of like you know the gross levers of of success, not the little like fine tuning adjustment dials, but like you know the big steering wheel that indicates that like we're doing the right thing. I don't know. I mean, the, this this question of like you know what has been the impact of of GitHub Stars? This has only existed, I guess, now since Doug, you said since September. September, yeah. So it, this is like a hot minute old, or maybe it's like a thousand years old. It's unclear. Yeah, and actually, I I think the official launch was September. We actually started formatting this form, I guess, making the formation of the stars around May, uh, June. And I get to have like a very clear impact that we I saw uh, from my end, which we, we watched this feature called the GitHub Profile Readme. Uh, it's a feature everybody has access to, but at the time we had the sort of under wraps and like a super alpha. And we do, for all features at GitHub, we have the staff ship that we call it, which is like, Alpha, alpha, or whatever comes before alpha, but that's what we we how we test our feature. So GitHub employees all leveraged it, and it sort of like came out of nowhere as far as this feature goes. And with my have access to it, uh, we were able to get this in front of stars pretty early on to the point where we actually had a GitHub star who created some content on how to build your your profile readme. It was like pretty like within a week of launch. And that basically is the de facto tutorial on how to create a profile readme because it was so early. This came out and this individual, Monica, which I guess I can, I can name them as well. They are now like they're, they're SEO wise. Like that's the post, like it's not the docs.github.com. And like, that's success to me. That's like seeing someone win in the, in the source of, in the sense of content and engagement of the community. And now as a point person, when it comes to that feature. That's, that's actually a really, a really good way. It's like, you know, I know that I've succeeded at this job when, when other people's like, you know, results outrank mine on, on, on Google, then success. That's fantastic. We actually have a question, a question here from Jeremy Field. What's the feedback for, for feedback loop for these super users? Like I have a follow on question there. Should the company be monitoring the output to manage their message? I'd argue that you know, you can't manage other people's message. Otherwise you have to pay them a salary. But, but there is, there is a question. If this is, if this is part of what you're trying to do as a community builder is to build up this frontline, like top tier set of, of super fans, how do you help them succeed at that? Like what ammunition are you giving and how can you influence, I guess, sort of like what they're doing is like, I launch a new feature. What I really want is for my super fans to go out there and create content that shows off like, you know, what this new feature can do, maybe use it in ways that I didn't even think of, show how it fits into like a million different workflows. And each of those super fans also, they have another foot into whatever communities they came from. So, you know, you say like React, Svelte. View whatever all these front end frameworks. I'm going to have super fans from all of these different sort of walks of life, and each one of them is going to take the new thing that I did and show like this is how it matters to the view community. This is how it matters to the whatever community, and that's I think a, a very different thing. So what do what do you both think about that? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know if you if you had connections to the AWS community builders when you're AWS Swiss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, I nominated some. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so again, we mentioned the GitHub Stars, uh, but we have other groups as well. Like we have some members of our support team that also have a support community. GitHub is very like we have fifty six million developers worldwide, which is sounds like a flex. It is, but it means that we just have multiple groups. And so another group that you might not know we have is we have a, a group of open source maintainers that we talk to on a regular basis, and it's it's actually a structured conversation in a group. 
And we get feedback from some of the largest open source projects that you've heard of. And it's, it's very important for us to actually treat them with this. Well, not treat them. I was going to say treat them with respect, but it really is respecting their time, providing, getting their feedback directly to the source of the people who can actually impact that feedback into our, our platform. But as far as structure goes, the structure looks like we have a monthly meeting with all the stars. Uh, everybody's invited and we call these the stars inside calls. And like the PMs will show up and talk about some really early ideas of features and they get to see the feature develop over the course of time until it's ready for beta. And at that point, stars are like, oh, I knew this was coming out. I'll use this, I'll incorporate this in my team at, at work, or I'll write some content, whatever you wanna do with that. You just have some interactions. And that's why we did the stars conference, which is again, it wasn't a huge public event. It was more just for the stars. And so it's the point where I think I've even you Wix, you mentioned like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. I never heard of this before. And I was like, because yeah, we just did it. and it's. It's only for the stars. It's not meant to promote GitHub in any way. It's just to give you access to all the information. We even had an astronaut swing by. <laughs> yeah, really cool. we did have an astronaut from NASA. But in addition to that, like we did have, we do give you opportunity to have some unfiltered conversations too, as well. So one of the requirements for stars is to sign an NDA, and it's just so we can have some really freeform conversation about GitHub, the platform, but also complaints, wins, everything across the board. Yeah. Candor. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like it. I, I it's a, it's hard to organize. I, I think it's a full-time job actually, if you do it, if you, if you want to do a good job of it, you know, and again, points to this thing becoming, because it, it's probably is not developed. I mean, I don't know who handles it, but it's probably not developer relations handling it. It's, it's just like, it is. Yeah. You know, I think, I think this is a growing field where we're all defining what different categories uh, of activities we can invest in. Uh, this is one of them. Another trend I see a lot is, uh, is people building universities, like Apollo building an Odyssey, Netlify building Jamstack Explorers. I forget who Automation else. Academy from Angie. Angie, uh, yeah, well, she, yeah, she's the OG. And then, you know, GitHub has had labs, or I forget what you what you guys call it. We do Some have the, the lab.github.com. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to go through it for actions, but I didn't really get very far, to be honest. But I think I think you know, like people are building like LMSs, like custom custom LMSs for for their learning, and I think that's another investment in community. Anyway, sorry, I I, I don't mean to ramble. I just like these are all really cool trends, where I think uh, you know it's part of the whole future of DevRel thesis, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. We are at time, even a little bit over time, so <laughs> I think we could probably keep jamming on this for a while. I'm going to uh, throw up a banner on screen. There's an, uh, a thread in Octo Discussions where if uh, people have questions or maybe uh, Swix, if you can drop some interesting resources in that thread. Yeah. So uh, folks who are maybe uh, coming at this later Hello. from the YouTube recording or uh, who didn't get a chance to ask a question, you know, and think about it later when they're like, oh, falling asleep. Oh, wow, I should have asked them. Like, can drop in and, and ask those questions and, and, and get some follow-up engagement. Thanks so much uh, for joining us, uh, Swix, especially especially because it's like, I don't, it's tomorrow in the middle of the night in Singapore. It's unclear to me what time it is. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much, B-Dougie, for joining me here on the Octo Speaker Series. This has been a blast and uh, have a lovely day. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye.